welcome to Nikki P's Conundrum. And today we bring back Ryan. Yeah, baby. There he is. My man. I tell you what. What's up? Nikki P's Conundrum. Shit, right? You know, the show didn't almost didn't even happen, so I finally reset up the um, studio. And what happened was I... um. Because there was some debacle with with where I was uh, was doing this out of, and uh, I couldn't find the cord that connected the computer. Oh, jeez! However, would you believe an Android cord will actually like for a cell phone charger? If you pull yeah. it out of the charging block, actually works perfectly. You can actually hey, attach to the USB and then to the uh, to the roadcaster. So that's pretty fucking neat. So how the fuck are you, bro? You know, hanging in there. This morning's a little rough. No one knows this, but I had to push it back an hour. I was not in the right uh, state of mind to do anything mm-hmm. an hour before now. Then the medication kicked in. Yeah. Man. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Things I do to myself. Well, what's up? What's up with you? What are we talking about? Man, I'll tell you what. What happens is we have people who are supposed to be in charge of our training, right? And uh-huh. sometimes I think they become redundant. They don't They don't stay relevant, and that becomes an issue. And so I want to bring up a scenario with you, give you my take, and see what you think. Okay. So rather than use something closer to home, I'm going to use something that's a little bit off, but just to kind of paint the picture, um, and just I'm gonna talk about because I've seen a couple different industries. So we talk about last night. Uh, so basically, uh, sales trainers calling up in in the mortgage business are called senior loan officers, and really it doesn't mean anything. It's like AEW. Everyone's an executive vice president. It's just a fucking name. When you hear the name senior loan officer, regular loan officer, it's fucking it's all bullshit. Well, anyway, he's making his phone calls around. He's making all his phone calls around to all the different uh, senior loan officers, right? in their individual offices. And I realized that he's not doing any training. There's no substance. It's like redundancy. What I mean by that is in a loan, right? You, the, the loan officer will pitch the loan to somebody. They'll send the packet out to be signed, right? Cause the applicant has to sign everything. And then that goes to a processor. And so their, their processing chain is the processor has an underwriter for the loan, and then it goes through and gets approved, and the person actually gets the loan. They sign the dotted line. Everybody's fucking happy. You know, they're contracted into it. Well, anyway, they're sitting there, and every single fucking phone call, Ryan, every single fucking phone call is simply reiterating what the processors know, what the underwriters know, and then it's just fucking cheerleading. Like, so for instance, I'd be like, hey, Ryan, listen, so you got those three in process, right? Do you have anybody else that can be sent down so we can validate, you know, income, employment, you know, uh, check their references, all that. And then I check underwriting. Okay, and we got two in underwriting ready to go. Um, make sure that they're good because I want to make sure that when the underwriter approves it, they go there and close it out. And then it's straight up just cheerleading where it's just like, hey, Rye, all right, so I just need you guys to push through this weekend and because we need a few more loans in order to close this mission out for this month. And I say to myself, you are just being redundant. You're being super ops, right? 
super next level. And then your gut fucking pom-poms. When to me, in, in my experience in the business, if I'm the fucking trainer, I got the information from the process. I've got the information from the underwriters. Me reiterating it is fucking stupid. Now, I may encompass it with, is there anything the processing chain doesn't know about? That's fine. And then go into training, to which I, in order to train, I need to do this thing called analyze your fucking numbers. If I get on the phone with you as a trainer, and I'm trying to see yeah. what's going on. I need to do a little bit of this thing called fucking homework. Put the pom-poms down, break the calculator out, and say, break it down. What are you doing to generate the next loan? Then I dive into that, see what's good, what's bad, what's indifferent, what I can train to, trends I see. And then when I get on the phone with you, say, what's going on? Because you may enlighten them on something they don't even notice, where they may be slacking off in one area, better in another area. And you want to train to it and push it through. So that way, when I get off the phone with you or I get out of the face-to-face meeting with you, I feel like you gain something from that. And it's not just simply me saying to you, Rye, that, hey, you need to do this. No, I need to explain how I got there. I analyzed X. I saw Y. I think you should do Z. And here's why. And not be so redundant. So I wanted to pass it to you. Have you seen anything like that or do you see where I'm coming from? I definitely see where you're coming from. And it could just be a lack of knowledge on how to do that stuff. And we say that, well, all these people are in charge of all of our training, but do they really know what they're looking at? That could be the issue, but I definitely see where you're coming from. For me personally, and I find this about myself, so I don't need to I don't need to throw out anybody other than me. I can, I can find where areas where I need to improve. I love doing training because I love identifying the deficiency, figuring out what was going on, all the circumstances behind that deficiency. And then I want to try to make that person better. And one of the things I got to catch myself on sometimes is doing too much training, too much uh, talking. And then we, we miss the mark on actually conducting what it is that we need to be conducting you know using your loan your loan example hey you have this deficiency here let's try to fucking fix it i'm gonna give you a lot of cool shit that you can use and incorporate and then before i know it it's the end of the day and you can't get any loans because i've been talking to your ass all day yeah a lot of talking i do <laughs> well so there's some trainers who are very long-winded right and they'll say the same yeah. thing fifty thousand fucking times all this time. like, oh my god well, one thing that's tough about training, though, is this, is sometimes it becomes a dirty word. And I say that because there's some resistance sometimes with training. There's this cognitive re- resistance where people will say before, like if you said, hey, Nikki, I'm bringing you in for training. I immediately start thinking things like, well, it's a waste of time, right? Or I know it works. Or what if I change anything now, I could ruin my momentum. Or I already hitting my quota. I don't need to listen to Ryan. I'm good. And or training takes me away from selling or what could I possibly learn from an outside trainer? So I think that sometimes there's this cognitive resistance that we have to get by before the people actually accept the new ideas that we have. Have you seen that cognitive resistance sometimes where people I felt it yourself? Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I was going to say something similar as we move through this. As individuals that are listening to this, I get it. You're the best thing in the fucking world. If you're, if you're worth a damn and you actually can 
sell stuff, whatever that is, whatever product you're selling, you are probably saying to yourself, I'm, I'm the best thing in the world and I don't need any training to get better. But we all can improve. We all can improve. So if you're listening to this and that's, your, that's who you are, maybe you're going to find something. Maybe it's, maybe it's not going to work, but you at least know that, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. I've tried that before. It's not working. Maybe collectively then you can work together to come up with a better solution because training is just going to help enhance what we already have. With the cognitive resistance, right? So people, to, to your point, people will say, all right, well, you know, what I'm doing works and I don't need anything else. And, and I like to bring it up to like MySpace, right? Let's think back to MySpace, for instance. Let's really date ourselves. MySpace, yeah. fuck that, fuck that. Let's, let's even go further. When AOL first came out, right? America Online, if you don't know, that was the first one. Those people in that room said, you know what? We've done it. We're at the pinnacle. We don't need training. We don't need to increase what we're doing because what they saw was the first, like, really thing that worked, right? And they had profiles and they had chat rooms. Do you remember that? Or were you too little? Yep. Okay, great. I sure do. Had they have just literally tried to improve what they were doing, because they're already on top. But if you're on top and you just become stagnant, you become irrelevant because there's no such thing as AOL Instant Messenger anymore as far as I fucking know. Now, maybe in some dark web area, but as far as yeah, I know. it's in the dark web. It's you in the dark deep. web. I haven't been accepted yet. I sent a couple applications. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So anyway, so with this um, – so with AOL, if you think about it, had they have just brainstormed a few ideas that how can we get better? We're at this pinnacle. How do we get to the next pinnacle? Think about how close they were to actual Facebook. All they had to do was make the chat rooms searchable groups. And all they had to do was make the profiles able to search each other and then, and then have a news feed. All they were a news feed away from they would have had Facebook Yep. 20 years before Facebook was Facebook. But they decided they were okay. And that's why they got taken over. That's why MySpace folded. Excuse me. That's why Facebook is generally going to falter. As, far, as soon as the old dinosaurs die off, everything's Instagram and moving forward from there. And that's even becoming more and more relevant as the new things come out. Your TikToks of the world. Yep. Twitter's still going strong just because a lot of celebrities are really onto that for whatever reason. That's kind of like their gig. <clears throat> So you want to always improve. We always have to think to ourselves. So as you as a sales trainer, if you have that cognitive resistance, if you have to understand that is your biggest hurdle. I'm with people who think that they know it works. People don't need fucking training. People are adult learners who truly believe that they know the best way because they've been there, done that, got the fucking t-shirt. I believe you have to start. And we always say this, right? We always say, well, I want to talk to them and say what I want to talk about why it's important to them. The same way we sell, right? We want to know what the person wants, why they want yep. it, so we can sell to their entire situation, not just what they're saying they need, but their circumstances or what have you. So I think what you have to do is do your what, your why, and then your outcome. So for instance, Ryan, I'm going to train you, right? We're going to do some training today on this. This is why we're doing it. But ultimately, what we're trying to get for an outcome is this 
because this is the pinnacle. So I'm almost giving you the dream, right? The dream of that ultimate end state where you're doing more, I'm sorry, doing less and getting more, right? Kind of like the unemployment yep. checks that are coming back because COVID's back, right? <laughs> We're trying to get you to do less, get more or what have you. And then that way it helps break down that cognitive cognitive resistance rather than just be like hey we're training suck it up deal with it this is what we're doing and eh, no also let me tell you something this is something we teach in our business and i fucking hate that not everybody does this is we talk about you don't just institute change so let's just say you are a trainer uh you have your high headquarters you don't just institute change and say hey bitches this is what we're gonna do and you go for it even though you have the authority that's one way to lose your team because and correct me if i'm wrong what you should do is say i already know the preconceived end result i already know what we're gonna do but i'm still gonna take you in ryan and say ryan listen here is what we plan to do. Here's why we're doing it. Here's the eventual outcome. Now, I want your idea. So I gave you mine, and I want to hear yours. And you say something completely different. Now, one or two yep. things is going to happen. A, I know my ways better. I'm going to explain to you my ways better. I'm going to appreciate your opinion. I'm going to ask for your trust and move forward like this. But I'm going to hear you out and actually give you the due diligence and the respect. Or we're going to realize quickly that we don't have a monopoly on great ideas. You might at the table come up with some off-key thing we never fucking thought about. And we might actually, right, come to an agreement. Almost take that gap we have, right, and close it up a little bit because, like, holy shit, actually, I like our idea, but maybe we take some Orions in there too because we don't have a monopoly on great ideas. And the reason why we don't is because... In sales, in any sales, the, the market always changes. And the further up the ladder we are, the more disconnected we come with that change because we're not witnessing it on a daily basis. We may not notice the change for weeks after the streets do. So you may have a crazy idea. I might say, what do you mean? Because you noticed a change. I didn't notice before. I haven't noticed yet. I'm not on the street selling. So then ultimately uh, we come together and make the best idea so that way our idea is not disconnected and based on information we knew yesterday but isn't true today. So I think that bringing people in, and even though I know, like for instance, I'm like, hey, look, we're going to play basketball today and we're wearing black t-shirts, Ryan. But I'm not going to be like, hey, man, bring a black t-shirt. What the fuck? I'm like, hey, Ryan, listen, I want everyone to wear the same color. I was thinking black. I figured everyone wear a black t-shirt. Now you may say yes or you may say no. Nah, man, I really like red. Okay, why do you want red? Say, man, I like red t-shirts because this, that, whatever the case may be. And I say, listen, um, no, I get it. And I promise you, if we were to do this again, I'll probably go with red. But for right now, Ryan, a little bit of bend from you because we, I was talking to the guy, everyone's pretty much going to wear black. I mean, would it kill you just to wear a black t-shirt? I'll wear it. You feel better than if I just said, dickhead, we're wearing black t-shirts today. I know it's a kind of remote mark, but that's... That's space I'm talking about. So kind of getting people this idea, explaining the what, the why, and the outcome rather than just dictate. Because if you dictate, you're going to piss everybody off. Yeah. And we're in a that's business. You're, you're creating that buy-in. Yeah. yeah. Positive attitude yields positive results. And no one's going to be positive about you coming. That's like you coming in my house today and be like, hey, Nick, guess what? Tomorrow morning, 7 in the morning, I'm picking you up. I'm already pissed off. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know why we're doing it. I don't know the outcome. 
But I got to be up at 7 in the morning on a fucking Sunday, bro. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Now, you say what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to leave it alone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but, we, but we are in a, uh, we're up against. We've rap- probably been in those situations already, you know. Yeah. It's sad that I couldn't think of one possible scenario of you picking up at seven in the morning that was okay to air. I, cu- I couldn't even. Yeah. I, cu- I couldn't even fathom it. So we're going to leave that one where it is. And so when you give your ideas. I don't even give a fuck because sometimes we pitch ideas that aren't even our own ideas. Sometimes we don't even believe in them because you know in the sales industry that we all have to have one voice and your idea is what we're going with and I may not believe in it, but when I say it, there can be no condens- uh, I can't be condescending. Like I have to pitch it to the field as though this is the idea. It's the best idea and I have to believe those fucking words that come out of my mouth because the minute I don't, then the field's not going to buy into it, and I'm literally sabotaging very plan. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And a lot of times, that's why we have these conversations, because we can come up with the best idea, like you were saying, or at least we're on the same page, and everybody understands what it is that we're going to be doing moving forward, so there's no dissension and no mixed messaging that's getting pushed out to, to everybody. I, I definitely think that, that giving, giving these guys some buy-in, giving everybody uh, a voice is extremely important. Explaining why we do stuff. I've been saying that for a long time. If you really understand why you're doing something, you're going to put more effort into that. Why would we not do that? Yeah. And I like what you said about him having a voice. See, they don't even really... They don't even really need to have a fucking voice. They just have to believe that they have a voice. You know, you bring them in, yeah. you hear their voices, you let them voice their frustrations, you get it off their chest, all their different crazy fucking ideas. You respect their ideas, you take them into account, you tell them to deliberate on it, you come back to them and say, listen, we thought long and hard about it, your idea is great. For the time being, it just seems that this idea is better, and we're going to go with this for right now. We'll try it out. If things stumble, maybe we'll revert back to yours. Again, giving you that good respect again in the back end, and you feel better. You really don't have a voice. I just have to make you believe it. Like, think about this, right? Think of the shit people have done for their gods. And let's just fathom for a second, because not all those gods are real, right? Because everyone believes their gods in one god. All those motherfuckers who died for the gods that aren't real, look at the shit they did because they believed it was true. That's the thing. Yeah. Look at the kids who are good in situations you don't want to be because they believe there's a fucking Santa. Easter Bunny, you know? So yeah. kids out there ripping teeth out of their head for the tooth fairy. Right? The shit that we do because we believe it's true and it may not be. And that's the thing. Because they believe they have a voice, they're going to stay in tuned. They're going to stay yeah. engaged. But if you remove their voice and be like, yeah, you're just gen pop, general population for those who don't know what gen pop means. Man, it's fucked up. And when you're done with training, like you said, sometimes we go to more training and more training, more training. We have to stop and we have to actually follow up on the training, provide follow on training. And the reason being is if I come to your training seminar, Ryan, it's the best fucking training seminar. I'm going to agree with anything you fucking say. If I know... You're not going to follow up and making sure I'm doing it. And I know there's no follow-on training. 
Because if I know you're following up on it, I need to make sure I'm doing it. So if you check my shit, I'm doing the shit. And if I know there's no follow-on training, I don't need to remember it. But if I know that I don't just learn it today, we're going to build on it the next week and the next month and all this, then I need to retain it because I don't want to be the only asshole in the room who doesn't know the shit when you're asking questions. No. That's a big piece. Yeah, you like the follow-up. Follow what impact has our, has our training done? You know, and I, and I think, too, one way that I, I would say thrown, thrown out there just to the trainers, when we come in and we want to conduct training, these guys, we already know what their thought process is. Maybe they're sitting there and they're saying, man, I really do need training. I need help. And they're going to hang on every word that you say. But if they're those individuals that are already stuck in their ways and they're saying, I, are, I don't need this. I don't know why this is here. This is a waste of time. Getting them to understand that we're not trying to give them something that's going to completely change what they're doing. But if we can increase output or effectiveness by five or 10%, how much more will that apply to how much more of the end result that they're looking for? Is that going to increase that five or 10%? So sometimes it's just breaking it down on small little pieces at a time saying, this is why we're doing this because we're going to increase it's not going to drastically change. You're not going to go in and everybody you talk to, you're going to sell a hundred thousand mortgages to. It's not, that's not how it works. But if I can get you to do a five to 10% increase in your sales, then why would we not break that down from that way? No, I'm about that life, man. You know, and what it is too, is that sometimes we have the resistance because we say to ourselves, Oh, well, you know what? I love what Ryan's saying to me, but uh, what I, what I do, works and all that and we have to realize that what works today doesn't work tomorrow and some of your innovative trainers who've been there done that seen the the paradigm shifts in the sales and know that hey this is about to change the season's about to change i've been there done that here's what we need to do we need to understand that we're up against a rapidly evolving business a landscape and even more competitive a sales and marketing environment right people who are competing with us right, are constantly changing their narratives. And so we, with the new context of that, sometimes your trainers are in there to try and combat that and give you the tools to be successful against yep. the, the trials and tribulations of tomorrow. You know, because <clears throat> the tools, technologies, and techniques uh, that were like the big shiny object of a few years ago are outdated and no longer relevant. Sales has changed and we can no longer be you know, creatures are old habits. We have to be willing to say, you know what? This did work yesterday, but I am going to institute tiny little changes going forward because the market's changing. You see, it's different if the market's stagnant. If the market never changes, then I could say, you know, well, it worked yesterday, so I'm going to do it today. However, you cannot wait for the market to completely shift where you start missing your mission before you make changes. You have to change with it. If anything, you change before it. If this has been happening before, like the sales trainer is like, I've seen this before. Try this. This is what you're about to be up against. That's how you get ahead of the curve. Why be reactive? If they're like, no, in the summer, shit changes. You have to do it this way. Or the economy yep. rebounds. This is what happens in our business. You have to do it this way. It's they're not doing it to sabotage a fucking business. They're doing it because they've seen the economy rebound or the economy drop or the stock market yep. influx or the stock market crash. And so just trust it. And they'll be like, well, I don't give a fuck if the stock market crashed. I'm still going to sell this way. Yeah, but we've been here before. You know, we, we did this. We did this. 
We need to start selling this shit just now. Yep. We've been doing it since the 1700s. (laughs) 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 Gotta have faith in your trainer, too. Yeah. And maybe that guy's not the answer. You know, Mm. maybe that guy's not. Maybe they're not very good at providing that training. And you really don't get anything out of it. So what do you do then? You know, it's interesting you say that because... I have gotten, and a lot of times when, when, I'm, when I'm training somebody, right, I always bring up references where I have learned sales outside of sales, movies and sales books. Some of the greatest lessons I've ever learned in sales have come from nobody in sales, right? So for instance, give you a perfect example. I love this guy to death, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And Piper taught me as a young child something that I'll never forget. And he taught me that because he ran a show called Piper's Pit, he said, when they have all the answers, I change the question, right? So that is one of the most dynamic things. When I hear salespeople say all the time, like, oh, I hear no to this and no to that and no to this. Well, when are you going to change the question, right? Maybe the question shouldn't be, are you interested in X, right? And maybe it should ask them a question about something that may be in their lives that you, know, you can satisfy. You know what I mean? You want to change the question because if you're getting the same answer over and over again, you get discouraged and change the fucking questions, right? You're the one who's asking the initial questions or I'll be honest with you. When we got into like getting past just what people want, right? I saw this movie, um, the breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston, right? Mm-hmm. And so the breakup Basically, he's playing video games, and she wants him to do the dishes. So she says, I want you to do the dishes. He said, fine, I'll do the dishes. And she goes, I don't want you to do the dishes. I want you to want to do the dishes. To which he says, who the fuck wants to do the dishes? And I said to myself, wait a minute. What'd she just say to me? And this actually, and I can't really tell because I'm on my third fucking marriage, but this is something that actually helped me out, was because I was like, what is he talking about? And then I realized it. When we talk about what, like, like, why would I want to do something? I thought to my relationship, right? So basically right now, I'll tell you all, the story that she's trying to paint there is you want to basically empathize and do something with somebody, right? And Ryan, I'm going to tie this in just a second. So what happens is if I I come home tonight and my wife says, hey, Nick, uh, I want to go to the beach. The wrong answer is yes. The wrong answer is no. If I say no, she's not going. If I say yes, I'm going to the beach for you. The correct answer is why do you want to go to the beach? She says she wants to go to the beach because she wants to get out, get some fresh air, in which I empathize with her and say, you know what, sweetheart? You're absolutely right. Uh, It has been cramped up in the house lately. I'd like to get some fresh air too. Let's go to the beach. And in that moment, I say we're going for us. And then how that correlates outside of relationships but to sales is that if someone comes to me and says, I want a second mortgage. I want to put in a pool. The wrong answer is I'll get you a second mortgage, right? I'm like, why do you need a pool? I got two kids, you know, wife's been on my nuts. I, I really need to get this pool in. Or what, would be the, what would be the outcome? You get the pool, everyone loves you again. Your wife's sleeping with you again. Help me out here, right? 
He's like, yeah, absolutely. Ain't been late in a year. This is my opportunity. <laughs> hey, bro, I totally get it. If I tell you what, if my kids were yelling and screaming and my wife didn't like to have sex with me anymore, I'd do what I would do, I'd get her a fucking pool. Let's get her to the pool, bro. Now I've told him, I've empathized with him. He likes me because I empathized with him, right? Like, I get it. I would do what you're doing too. I'm literally empathizing and pushing him forward, and he feels better about the sale. Right? That yep. empathy piece matters. Now, I know in our business we call it something else, but it's really what it is. Yeah. Uh, and so I learned that from the breakup because Jennifer Aniston wanted Vince Vaughn to do the dishes, but just to want to do the dishes. And so I guess, yeah, sometimes the trainers out there, right, they don't, um, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, right? Maybe they're disconnected. Maybe they did know what they were talking about years ago. Maybe it was a short-lived stint. But you can learn just by watching psychology in life because it's the same steps, right? If I'm trying to convince you to come to my house to watch UFC tonight, it's the same steps that I would take to try and convince somebody, right? Who, um, like, like, for instance, think of this. If I'm like, hey, Ryan, let's watch UFC in my house tonight. And you're like, nah, man. And I'm like, man, but come on. And I try and entice you, right? Because you're going to watch this. Because this is going to happen. Here's why that's important. Here's the end result, right? Because Conor McGregor's going to come out of the fucking with a steel chair, right? And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> I think I'd like to watch that. You know, I try and entice somebody. Oh. Have you learned anything outside of sales movies and sales books that helped you out with sales? Yeah, definitely. If anything, I would say just taking a different approach to it more product knowledge, more information about how certain things work or what the world is like, things like that. Um, <clears throat> something that comes to mind, uh, another uh, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson movie, The Internship. Them dudes try, they get, they were in sales, they get laid off from their job or they, I forget the narrative, but they want to change their job. So they go apply for an internship to go work at Google. And then you start breaking down. I know that it's a movie, but you start breaking down. Well, this is the competition that you got to compete with if you want to get into these industries. And what makes you different than everybody else? The fact that you're two 45-year-old dudes or that you don't have any skills in developing what Google wants you to develop. So things like that I look at too. Maybe uh, maybe how you carry yourself, the swagger that you have. You take that from, from movies, TV shows. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up too because in the internship, one thing it teaches is that even though you're younger, you're faster, you're smarter, you're, you're so in tune, but it's those ideas that they had. Granted, they didn't know how to make an app, right? They had no fucking idea. But the ideas no they idea. had propelled it, right? The drive they had, right? The way to motivate because back in the day, that was a thing. That's something kids today don't have, right? Younger salesmen don't have. is that same work ethic, tenacity, and those crazy ideas because sometimes you need a little bit of what happened yesterday injected today. You can't just rely on it. You can't just take the ideas from yesterday. But it shows the value of having that older senior mindset. Yes, were they disconnected from the doing? Absolutely. Did they have any idea to do what they're fucking doing? No. But did they not get those kids very easily to work together? You know? And granted, they were also bad influences because we're going to be bad influences too. Let's not just, let's get that out of the way. We're going to, we're going to party hard, but we're going to play hard. You know, work hard, park, you know, it's all going to come together. We're doing everything 100%. So, but yeah. Always. Yeah, man. You know, that, that's just, that's just life. 
So anyway, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so what else you got for me? Any, any any other references you got, or is that about about ties it in? I mean, shit off the top of my head. That's what I'm, that's what I'm coming with, you mm-hmm. know. But you can take the bottom line is you could take everything that you see and apply it to what you do. Maybe it has to do directly with sales. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just how you want to communicate or what you want to say, what you want to think about, how you want to, how you want it to come across. You can take anything from any, anything that you see in life. You just got to find a way to see how that's going to help you. That's it. That's all she wrote. All right, my man. Well, check this out. I appreciate you wholeheartedly for coming on here. I appreciate you. To break some bowls, drink some coffee. By the way, by the way, before I forget, um, Death Wish Coffee. Have you had this? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I tell you what. They've saved my life. Yeah. So good. I have. I had. Uh, I think I still have some of their pods that they sent out. Um, for like a Keurig or something, but we definitely have. Yeah, and one thing I got to say too is this here, and I was trying to show this to you earlier on. I do have to get on screen. Do you see this? The Five Hour Energy Extra Strength Immune Support. Have you seen this? No. Nah. So Five Hour Energy now, just so everybody knows, <clears throat> has vitamin C in it, two hundred seventy eight percent of your daily value. So to help against COVID, right? Rather than put Lysol in it. They tried Lysol. Apparently, didn't make it past the FDA. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. So they said, you know, fuck it. We're going to put the old azorbic acid in there. Drop the vitamin C. Uh, still zero sugar. But, but and you know what's crazy, too? And I'm not trying to dog them because, but pink watermelon is the flavor. Like, I didn't know watermelon came in a different color. Like, different than blue I watermelon. It, the flavor is literally pink watermelon. Mm. Hey, that's mm. marketing. Someone in the fucking room said, you know what? It tastes like pink watermelon. Wow. Yeah. They got everybody together. They shared those ideas. The guy was like, I don't think that that's fucking great. And some other guy's like, yeah, it's fucking pink. Bam. There you go. Yeah. But like, you know, I appreciate the fact that all watermelons pink. As far as I know, maybe there's somebody going to fucking write me and be like, yo, there's such thing as clear watermelon. I'd love to eat a clear watermelon. If there's a clear watermelon, I'll eat the motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know. Never seen it. Me neither. All right, my man, we've come to the end here. Again, I do appreciate you uh, for your time. And uh, this has been another edition of Nikki P's Conundrum.